right, get your Bibles and turn to John chapter 4 if you haven't closed them up. And uh, we'll keep going through John chapter 4 here and looking at Jesus. And uh, in this portion of scripture, we see Jesus as the soul winner. Uh, from Nathaniel in the beginning of his ministry uh, until even at the very end on the cross, reaching out to the thief, Jesus was busy reaching the lost. And he genuinely cared for the lost. Uh, he was willing to go to about any extent to go across the lost individual's path to bring them to him, to bring the message of salvation to the sinner. And as we go through these verses uh, this morning, folks, if you know Christ as Savior, these are wonderful examples for us, or I should say example for us, that we should be endeavoring to do the same in our lives, to bring the gospel to all those around us. They need Jesus. The lost need the Lord. I hope that if you know Christ as Savior, you're thankful that individual who brought the gospel to you and that you praise the Lord for it. So in this meeting, uh, Pastor Matt's all read for us, uh, verses 1 to 10. So we see a meeting, meeting at a well. And uh, verses 3 and 6, we see Jesus showing his compassion, his humanity. Uh, he was a man acquainted with uh, trials and problems. He's seen walking. I mean, really, the Son of God, creator of the universe, need not have walked. I mean, he, he owns everything, but he was walking. And so he understood uh, the pain, the suffering, the exertion of mankind. He was walking. And he willingly went to Samaria. It says, must needs go through Samaria. That's what verse 4 says. And most Jews went dozens of miles around Samaria rather than go through it. They couldn't stand the Samaritans. So great was their prejudice and their hatred uh, towards this mixed race of Jews and Gentiles. That's what they would do. Jesus, on the other hand, is not affected by this prejudice. This woman uh, needed salvation, and Jesus was determined to bring her the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as Savior. No person or race is beyond the reach of God's grace. All men. That's what salvation is for, all men. With the events recently that we have seen in the United States and even around the world of racism, uh, and the we see a lot of uh, riots, unfortunately, and then marches uh, to talk about the need for the lack of racism. Listen, racism is wrong and wicked. The reality is all men are sinners and all men need salvation. All men need to hear it. Jesus loves them all and we as Christians are commanded to love them as well. doesn't matter where they're from. Jesus would reach out to the most hated people in his time period. And so should we as Christians today do the same thing. Reach out to people regardless of where they're from. That does not matter. They need Jesus. Jesus is the need of our world. And we need to show it. We need to demonstrate it. And that's what the Lord demonstrates for us in this passage of John chapter number 4. We see as well he's weary. He's tired. And the Son of God comes to earth and he feels the physical weakness that we all face. And he's here on a mission, though, in, in, in John chapter 4. And he's on a mission of salvation, Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was, his, that was his mission that day. He's seen waiting. He's waiting on this woman to come his way. He's just there waiting for this Lady to come. He's there. He's trying to rescue that lost sheep. 
He's there. And, and you know, all throughout our lives, I don't know if you've recognized this, and maybe this will stir the thought in your mind, Jesus is putting himself in our pathway, in our own lives. We kind of cru- cruise through life, doing our own thing. I'm going to do this today, I'm going to do that today, or I'm going to do that tomorrow, whatever the case. And we try to do our own thing, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue as such, there's Jesus in the crossroads. He establishes those crossroads for us for salvation. That's the context here. But in our own lives as believers, there's times he brings those crossroads so we need to get things right with him. So we see the sinner, the, the woman comes. So we see Jesus, then we see the sinner. This woman is a sinful individual, just like everyone who's ever been born is a sinner, and she's in need of salvation. According to verse number 6, it's about the sixth hour of the day. Now, according to the Jewish clock, this would be around 12 noon. Now, that doesn't really mean a whole lot to us, but let me give you a little bit of a context to that, and it does help us see the importance of that. Uh, for a woman to be drawing water at noon was rather unusual. Normally, the women of the village would gather together and head out to the well to, to get the water they needed for that day and to socialize as they went and as they did the chore, the duty. Because this woman is alone and she's coming during the hottest part of the day indicates that she's an outcast. She probably came uh, that well that day and every day at that time to avoid confrontations with the other women. The reason for that is found in verses 16 and 18, and we'll see that in a moment. She was, she was hated by her own people. Her own people could not stand the way she lived. Now, this lady is no different from any other sinner who's ever walked the face of the earth. The problem all sinners face is that we're estranged from God. Psalms 58.3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb, and they go astray, uh, estranged from the womb, and they go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Listen, we're, we're born with sin, we're born wicked. And the Bible makes it clearly, crystal clear that our sin stands between us and a relationship with the Lord, uh, Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, he will not hear. It's bad to be a social outcast, absolutely bad, but it's worse to be a spiritual outcast without life, without eternity, with Christ. If you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior, then you're lost, you're undone without the Lord, and you need to be saved by the grace of God. Until you come to Jesus, you will remain in that spiritually outcast position from God. But thank the Lord, there's reconciliation found in Jesus Christ. He bridges the gap between God and man. First Timothy 2 5 says, For there is no God, uh, there, sorry, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's the bridge, Jesus Christ. So the scene, uh, all the distractions of her life have been removed uh, in this scene. None of her five ex-husbands, we're going to read that in a few moments, or her current fellow who lives with her is there. It's just her and Jesus. Now, that's what it always comes down to, you and him. It isn't going to matter what you did or didn't do. What it finally will come down to is what you did. You what did you do with Jesus? The ultimate question in his life is what, what think ye of Jesus? What do you think of Christ? Matthew twenty two forty two. What will you do with Jesus? 
As you look back over the days of your life, how many times have you been brought face to face with the Lord Jesus Christ? How many times has the decision been there that you have to choose and you say no? Or I'll put it off to another time. Let me encourage you not to put it off for another moment. Accepting Jesus Christ as Savior is the greatest decision you'll ever make. Do not put that opportunity off to another time because you don't know how many more opportunities you do have. Proverbs 29.1 says, He that often reprove hardened his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. Don't put yourself in that position. Don't be there. Verse number 11. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From whence... Then how then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a, a well of water springing up into everlasting during this time, Jesus now begins to converse with this woman, verses 9 on. And he, they talk about several things. Jesus is, is beginning the conversation to draw her to salvation, to talk about the most important thing in her life. As they sit at that well, Jesus asks for a drink. It's hot. It's noon. Uh, but he has no means of drawing the water. She brings that to uh, mind. And as well, it was pretty much unthinkable that a Jewish man would ask a Samaritan and then a Samaritan woman to do anything. Jesus then offers her a drink of living water. Now she confuses the physical with the spiritual. And I mentioned last Sunday that the reality is salvation is a spiritual inter, uh, transaction. That's what it is. At this point, she's not ready for salvation. But Jesus is leading in that direction. He's talking to her. Jesus was not afraid of the stigmas of that day. He did not care about the common religious practices. He was willing to reach out to this lady, even though men had made barriers around her, said, no, you can't talk to her, or she's an outcast. Jesus said, you need the gospel. Listen, there's lots of folks in our world today who need Jesus Christ. And let's not let the barriers of men stop us from proclaiming the truth. In verses 13 to 15, let me read you verse 15, the response of Jesus, or of the lady to what Jesus said. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come thither to draw. Jesus tells her that she can, uh, she can drink from Jacob's well every day and will get thirsty every day and come back and draw more. This is supported by the word drinketh in verse number 13. It implies ongoing, that the tense of the verb, all right, of drinketh. It's ongoing, it's continuous action. However, he tells her that he can give her a drink of water that will forever satisfy her. And that's support in verse 14, whosoever drinketh of the water, this is the idea of just a one-time drink with ongoing results in the future. That's the nature of salvation. One can drink the pleasures of this world. This woman was doing that. She was chasing all kinds of things and still have more to desire. It wasn't satisfying. 
our one trip to the fountain of the living water of Jesus Christ will forever satisfy the thirsty soul. Coming to Jesus will forever meet the needs of our life and of our heart. Now, she's still confused with the physical and the spiritual side. In verse number 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. In an effort to awaken, to stir her to her spiritual need, Jesus reaches out and touches probably the sorest point of her life. He pointed out sinfulness. I can't imagine the guilt that that lady lived with day in and day out. I imagine it was a constant turmoil in her soul. And the word of God supports that uh, truth in Proverbs 13, 15. It says, good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor's is hard. Now, this may seem cruel, but no one ever would come to Jesus for salvation if they weren't first awakened to their personal need of salvation. Until the sinner knows he's lost, he'll never desire to be found. He has to understand he is lost. And thus we see the vital importance of conviction in the life of any individual. Without it, without conviction, the person will not get saved. It's John 6.44, Ephesians 2.1. Talk about this. The necessity. Jesus' tactic got her attention. She's now ready to admit that Jesus is someone special in verse number 19. I perceive that thou art a prophet. Then she turns to worship, the talk of worship. I already read verse 20, and in verse 21, the Lord gives a response. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, uh, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, uh, ye know not what. Ye know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God's a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so now they're on the topic of religion. And the woman begins to show Jesus that she knows something. She's no slacker in this area. She's She's got some information. She has some knowledge. And she starts to... Start an argument or a confrontation about, about the true proper place of worship. And Jesus just simply ignores her, her jabs about that and tells her that true worship is never found in exterior ritual, uh, actions or things of that nature. They, those are not substitutes for worship to God. The only true worship is the found in spiritual worship of the Lord. And that comes when an individual knows Christ as Savior. The indwelling of the Spirit has to be there for true biblical worship to take place. You know, today, there are millions upon millions who give themselves to external forms of worship in an effort to get closer to the Lord. They never have done it. It never will work because that's not the way it's supposed to work. That's not God's plan. Worship is not some ritual or form. Worship is the state of heart 
that exalts a great God. To do that, you need nothing but this. The Spirit, so knowing Christ is saved, the Holy Spirit dwells us at that moment, and a willingness to give God the glory. So you can worship in your car on the way to work. You can worship God at work, as you work. Now, you can worship the Lord anywhere. I understand that as individual believers, the Bible tells us to come together. We'd love to be together today uh, and to worship together. But as an individual believer, we can worship anywhere. It's available. They talk of wisdom. This lady displays an openness to the Lord's uh, speech in verse 25. And the, and the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he's come... He will tell us all the things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. She's open. She understands that Jesus has some information. She's opening up and Jesus simply reveals himself to her as I am the Messiah. That's what he does for every sinner. He says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. The Lord doesn't bully anybody into salvation. He doesn't say, you've got to take it. You got, No, he's there. This is for you if you will take it. And Jesus laid it out for this lady. She needs to make a decision. In verse 27, And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the man, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is this not is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. This lady gets converted. Now we're not told what she thought or how she prayed, if she prayed. We, we, we're not given any of that information, but she was converted. She trusted Christ. She believed in the Messiah. She took Jesus as her Savior. As soon as Jesus revealed himself, I believe she responded in faith. It, this was not a 12-step process. It wasn't a time to turn over a new leaf and then accept Christ. She simply trusted and was saved. And we see that throughout this portion of Scripture, because she went and told the men about the Lord, the men came out, and many people were saved. I believe with all my heart she's a saved individual, and one day we'll meet her in heaven, if you know Christ is Savior. When a sinner comes to Jesus and places his faith in Christ, the transformation is immediate. The sinner is instantly changed. At that moment, from a lost sinner into a child of God. What a change takes place. It's amazing. Absolutely wonderful. She ran off in her excitement. She ran off so quickly she left her water pot. There was no longer the the distractions of the day. And hey, water is a necessity. But she put them down and she went looking uh, for people to know about Jesus Christ. She had discovered the spiritual water. She had discovered the real deal. And she had met Jesus and was forever changed. When a sinner comes to Christ, as I mentioned already, we're transformed. And it goes, I understand that when we get saved, we're we're saved in the sense that we have an eternity with Christ. But there's a transformation, there's a total change in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. 
old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That, that affects the physical as well. It's incredible. It's beyond description how great and powerful our Lord and Savior is. As she ran into that city, I read for you verse 28 and 29, and, and she told the folks what was happening. She ran into that city, and she told the men that was, it's specifically mentioned, she told the men of the city of the salvation that she's experienced, and this is the Christ. Is not this the Christ? This is the Messiah. This is who we've been looking for. This is who we need. Uh, listen, salvation will give you a message to share. You know Christ is Savior. You have a message to share. Hey, you're so glad if you know Christ is Savior as you're watching this today that you're so glad that someone told you about salvation. It changed your life. You are no longer headed to a crisis eternity. You're no longer bound for hell. And now you have liberty here on earth through Christ and you have a, a heaven, a home for eternity. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord for wasn't that a great message that all men need to hear? We need to tell others. Oh, it's amazing. And it should be on our hearts. It should be part of who we are. She became an instrument used of the Lord to bring many to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. While sinners do not get saved by the witness, sinners don't get saved because you witness, but God uses us as an instrument to tell others of Jesus Christ. That conviction still has to take place and and the hearts have to be changed through the Lord Jesus, but we are instruments of that salvation to bring the message. What was it that took this woman from being a hardened sinner who was dead to spiritual things and transformed her into a powerful witness for the Lord? It's summed up in one word, Jesus. He makes a difference. In lives today. He made a difference in her life then. And he makes a difference in lives today. Has, has he become your savior? Have you accepted him as your savior? Has, has he touched your life? Have, are you part of the redeemed? Have you made that choice? Where would you be if today you took your final breath? Where, where would your eternity be? My friends, I invite you to come to Jesus. Today he, he, he wants all to come to him and he has salvation for all. And there's absolutely nothing more important for you to decide upon than salvation. And it, it all rests upon your decision for deciding for Christ. Will you come to him today? If we could interview uh, that lady at the well and talk to her and ask her, she would plead with you to make that decision for Christ. She would tell you how her life was changed. And if we could go to that city of Samaria back in that time when Jesus walked on the earth and asked those individuals who came out when they heard that lady speak and asked them what they thought of Jesus, they would plead with you, make that decision for Christ. I would encourage you today to make that decision for Christ. Dear Jesus, thank you for the wonderful gift of salvation. Lord, help us to seize that gift, help us to accept that gift, help us to look to you. And Lord, I pray if anyone who's watching this uh, video will see it and understand their need of salvation, that they would call upon you. And Lord, as individual believers, Lord, help us to be thankful once again for that individual who was faithful in telling us about salvation and be thankful for that salvation 
And Lord, to proclaim that salvation with renewed vigor again. Lord, I pray you watch over us now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have any questions about salvation, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you have any questions about the spiritual walk, we, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. Thank you for joining us again today, this morning. Uh, and we are very thankful we, you did do that. And we invite you to come back again tonight at uh, 5 p.m. Pastor Matt will be opening the word for us. And uh, we'll be looking to celebrate our uh, graduates. And we're so thankful for that and for them. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Spend some time with your family. And get that nap in. Enjoy your afternoon. And uh, keep looking to Jesus and keep exploring the word. Have a great day.